Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and I'm here with comic Gabe Nathans. Gabe Nathans, how the hell are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm, thank you I'm so, doing pretty well. Oh, good. Thank you so much for coming on because I know you're uh, keeping us laughing during the quarantine. You are Gabe Nathans at Twitter and also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what can we expect from you? Like, are you, re- you know, what's your comedy content been like recently? Yeah, uh, so it's been a mix, I would say, of like musical comedy stuff, guitar songs, guitar based jokes, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, even here, the see, guitar comedy is like a. There's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of connotations there that I feel like I try to avoid. Okay, well let's get like into the, it because I'd like to. I mean, you'd like to avoid, but hopefully not, not not like to avoid talking about it because I see here no, no, you no, have no. a guitar and this. Yeah, I rewrote I rewrote some Nirvana songs for babies and little kids. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Um, and so yeah, yeah so I, how how do you do that? What what were the Nirvana songs and why were you rewriting rewriting them for babies and little kids? What was yeah. it about these songs that needed to get into babies and little kids' ears? Um, I think I just think that babies and little kids are one of the funniest things uh, <laughs> to joke about, and I particularly love like just like taking a baby's perspective as if it's like very serious. Um, <laughs> I guess this is like the premise of Look Who's Talking, so we've we've seen this before, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure why exactly Nirvana either, but it just kind of one of those things where I sort of just like it occurred to me and I was like, yeah, I should write these and make this. <laughs> That's usually the questions I have, you know, for for people who are churning out quality on online comedy. I'm always like, OK, what is worthy of your time? And it sounds like yeah. Dave Mason's is just banging out whatever comes to mind. That's funny. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I do. I do have a process where I like I have a lot of stuff in different notes and I am pretty choosy, I would say, about what I decide to like actually go through with um and what's that yeah what's that list of boxes that should be ticked off before you commit something to film um biggest thing is just like a visceral like when i read over the idea a day later or two does it still make me laugh that's the biggest thing that's i think a day of waiting time sleep yeah oh waiting time is huge yeah fresh ears fresh eyes um that's the game fresh ears fresh eyes fresh ears fresh eyes can't lose um yeah, no. So I think honestly, if it passes that test, like I'd say it's good. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't I'll, know. I'll I... let the people know that I'm looking at a still right now of Gabe Nathan's, and one of the things that passes the test of sleeping on it is the Gabe Nathan's <laughs> toilet brush. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Gabe Nathan's <laughs> toilet brush inventor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. What about that? Was like I slept on that, and that's still a hilarious idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that one. Um... I don't know. That one I think is actually one of the ones that's a little bit more of like an observation. A lot of my stuff I think is doesn't necessarily like relate to real things in the world that much. Sometimes it does, but that one I feel like is actually if I were more of a straight ahead stand up, I might have like a you know, uh, can't believe we still use these toilet brushes or whatever. <laughs> um but for me the the more I guess natural way to get that across is like a joke mockumentary uh ah. <laughs> Um, and even on stage, I suppose you're too young, but you could be like, uh, you know, as you guys can probably guess, I am the grandson of the toilet brush inventor. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I've, I'm bald, so I look about five years older than I am, <laughs> hopefully, so that get myself a little bit of <laughs> of age there. And, and I see on here, you're, I see with Yo Tom Tubal is in this, uh, in this photo, it says uh, a later gram from the last God Sketch comedy show. So what was God Sketch and how did that group get together? 
Yeah, uh, so that is our Jewish sketch comedy group. Uh, <laughs> and bit... how is it Jewish in content, or you have to be Jewish to get in? Um, I suppose it's both. We don't have a formal <laughs> restriction, but uh, it's definitely Jewish in content. There's um, no application with Jew or Gentile on the tick box. There's not. Those boxes are not there. Um, don't want to get a civil rights lawsuit. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's totally but, there, ex, you know, ex post facto or whatever. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, no Gentiles are getting in, but we don't have the checkbox. We're not stupid. We're Jewish. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it is genuinely Jewish in content. Um, and I think in a way that, like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people talk about, like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld is maybe like a Jewish, has a Jewish sense of humor. Like there's sort of these like, I guess, kind of Jewish styles of comedy potentially. But I think we actually write sketches about like, you know, kiddish and like synagogue and like, uh, like I think more uniquely Jewish experiences. We've pitched uh, like different uh, weird versions of bar mitzvahs probably like <laughs> dozens of times. Just now I like make fun of that as like, Oh, another weird bar mitzvah sketch. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, that group was great. We got the chance to perform in, perform in Chicago in uh, January, I believe. Yes, I think you Tom Tuba was telling me all about that. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really <laughs> he was like he's like we were uh, I was singing karaoke with a hundred other people, not knowing that yes. one day the pandemic would render that impossible. Yep, that is a <laughs> cherished memory that I it feels like a, a distant past life. Um, oh, so you were there too. You were singing. I was along there with too. The I was on stage, baby. You, you and Yotam. <laughs> we were singing then, Paul Wet Boy together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do that in Chicago because I think they're a Chicago band. And I'm seeing on here you had the songwriting. It says uh, class show, advanced songwriting workshop, and it's with people like Darian Lusk. And when I had Darian Lusk on, he was talking about. I think he talked about the culturally Jewish um steely dan he's saying something, oh. wow, steely dan is not jewish they're culturally jewish and yes and i think i'm always hesitant to talk about that labeling something culturally jewish until i know that somebody is jewish first yeah <laughs> and so like yeah i guess it, um you know it definitely yeah, can, can be you talk about jewish topics if you're not jewish and how do you put the audience at ease that it's okay we can talk about this kind of stuff we're jewish Mm. I mean, I think, uh, do you mean in terms of our, our sketch show or? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm yeah. in the audience and I'm hearing you guys uh, talking about Jewish topics and making fun of them, I'm like, well, I really hope they're Jewish. I hope this is okay to laugh. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think our, I mean, our sketch show is billed as like, we're, you know, whatever, 12 Jews and we're doing Jewish comedy. And I think our audience is pretty, uh, basically what you would find at like, uh, a bar mitzvah after <laughs> party a lot of the time. It's a lot of Jewish aunts and uncles, and it feels like kind of uh, a community that's familiar to me, and I think it feels like a safe space to to make fun of some Jewish cultural things and do jokes about um, being Jewish. I Yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, how it would play in like a, a sort of a wider context, um, but I, I feel like it's always felt pretty pretty safe kind of like an inside insiders thing uh at our shows and what does a bar mitzvah after party feel like um that's a really <laughs> good are, question are there bar mitzvah it, after parties and do they happen at like 6 p.m uh they the good ones the the best i did the ideal <laughs> bar mitzvah schedule was like uh the service is in like the morning and there's like a break you go home and you come back for the party and it's at night i feel like the night parties no, were the most no fun. family member adults are there uh, best case scenario is like a separate adults kids room, separate yes. rooms for adults and kids. That's the ideal so that you can, um, you know, hopefully 
your little 13 year old self will get to grind with someone and, and like, is that, you know, when you go into adulthood, like real adulthood, I think you know, bar mitzvah is when you become a man. But at what age do you do you really become a man? And what's that party like compared to the bar mitzvah after party? Mm, that's a good question. I would say the really becoming a man party is like when you're <laughs> scrolling through different health insurance plans and like <laughs> trying to figure out uh, what how, if your therapy will be covered but then realizing it never will and just choosing the <laughs> cheapest one. <laughs> Which so, therapy is going to be covered. I love that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's worse for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, instead of grinding, like, yeah, what would be the, you know, are, are women invited or, 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 you know, people you're attracted to, are they invited to this uh, after party? Like how the do you adult, get them real adult after party? Yeah, I how think... do you get them involved with the health insurance choice? Um, you, I think you kind of just like, it's a lot of, I think just being very real and in a sad way and kind of commiserating. <laughs> Perhaps it's commiserating on Twitter is like the adult version of the bar mitzvah after party. I don't know. It's really good. This is a good question. This is a rich area. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, are you from New York City? And if not, like when you get to New York City, how do you find your uh, people who end up in something like God's Touch Comedy, like other Jewish yeah. comedians? Uh, so I'm not. I'm from the Philadelphia suburbs. Um, okay. I found the group and comedy. I mean, I started comedy generally through UCB classes. Um, I found the group through uh, like a college friend who knew Yotam. He kind of brought me into it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'd say UCB was my like entree into like comedy generally uh, in New York. And I didn't come here specifically to do comedy. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, so why, you know, what did you come here for? And at what point did you learn that comedy was maybe your thing, either as a hobby or a day job? Yeah, um, I came here, I came here uh, largely because like the biggest amount of my friends from college were here. Um, And I came here, originally took a a tutoring job at a nonprofit and was like thinking I might be a teacher or like work in education, maybe go to law school, become like an education lawyer or something. Um, but, uh, ended up doing less good for the world, uh, <laughs> and going the comedy route. I mean, so the moment I realized it was actually like, I'd been doing some UCB classes, maybe it was in like 201 or 301. Um, and it was like, after a class show, I had like scheduled to go meet with a friend of my dad's who was like in the tech world because I was like sort of aimless in my job, not sure what I wanted to do. And like, was like, maybe I need to explore the tech world or something. I got there and I must talk to my dad's friend. Yeah. She, she asked me like, what are you interested in? Or like, why, like, what's your, what do you know about the tech world or whatever? And I must've given just like the most like sad, unconvincing (laughs) answer. Cause she was like, hold on a sec. Like, what do you actually enjoy doing? And I was like, I like doing improv a lot and comedy. And she literally actually talked me into like, you need to just like find a day job that'll give you as much time as possible. And like, like, put all your time into writing and performing and god bless her right yeah no really good, god good, bless yeah her. good guidance absolutely good guidance yeah <laughs> and i think coming from her the person who i had gone to for like the responsible adult you know path and guidance in that area to hear her say like no you should you should do the thing you love um <gasps> i think it was very very impactful it's so sad though that, like you would think that you know, a parent should guide you in the same direction. It's like, okay, well, if you have something, you do what you love and it might not pay the bills, get a day job that pays the bills and that um, gives you free time and then to go do that thing. But you probably wouldn't trust it coming out of your dad's mouth, but you might trust it coming out of his friend's tech, his tech friend's mouth. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think. I mean, my parents definitely, I think, 
are very supportive and encouraging. They're they're mostly concerned uh, that I like am making you know enough money to support myself somehow. But yeah. um, if that's like a day job and I'm doing comedy, they're they're fine with that. I think yeah, I think um, there was just something about like her specifically uh, that really yeah maybe it was just is like a new a new perspective or something. Um, yeah, it's like this person's in tech. This person's pretty hip. Yeah, I should listen to her. <laughs> But yeah, so when you, I mean, you know, when you have the money to pay the bills, and of course you're doing comedy as the night hustle that will ultimately pay the bills, um, you know, and then you have a, a baby and that baby, like, how do you get that baby TikTok famous? Because one of your topics mm. was <laughs> the ethics of having a TikTok famous baby. And I was like, do you okay. have a TikTok well, famous my... baby? And you're like, no, I just really have thought about this a lot. <laughs> Let me put my cards on the table here. Yes. I do not think I would ever try to get my baby TikTok famous because okay. I... I think it's a very it's a questionable practice. Um, yeah, maybe so for some context, uh, you might have no idea what I'm talking about. But there are I mean, there are a lot of accounts on TikTok with moms or dads filming their babies. Um, there's one in particular, this this little kid who always uh, thanks his mom very politely, politely for giving him food. And it's like <laughs> just very sweet in general. Um, and, you know, like each video, millions of views um, like they have like sponsorships from different snack products and toys and things and are like <laughs> promoting them in the videos. And and that's where I think it just, I don't know, like this kid is like three years old. Right. Um, I think even the sponsorships aside, just like getting your child that famous without their knowledge or consent because like a three-year-old can't actually understand exactly what's happening, right? Yeah, and will, um, that baby, will that baby ever, you know, will that toddler ever know you know, will will that toddler ever be actually famous? It's not like they're taking that toddler and, and bringing it to be interviewed on ABC News or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, if they, you know, if once they do sort of understand like, oh, uh, millions of people knew who I was and were sharing my videos all around when I was like two, <laughs> like, will they be, how will they feel about that? Um, and yeah, I think the whole thing is, uh, at best, I think it's a gray area. <laughs> and at worst, it's like, this is, this isn't good. <laughs> But they, have, they have to provide for the kids in the same way that your dad hooked you up with the tech friends, you know, just making That's sure true. that you're able to pay the bills like, you know, they're going to, you know, they have to provide for this kid while they're able to. And I mean, if they're just giving the kid food and he's saying thank you very polite, politely, it's like, well, first of all, they're feeding him. And second of all, he's learning politeness should be incentivized or, or rewarded. I mean, these are, these are valuable lessons, right? No, as I, I would agree that this this mom, like, she does seem to be, like, a good mom otherwise and has taught her kid to be very polite. And, like, he <laughs> tries all these different foods. He's a very, like, varied diet. Um, yes, I, I do oh, have yeah, to. Yeah, they're vegan foods. She's probably a very good mother because these foods are very healthy and it's in moderation. I, she, she seems to be otherwise a very good mother. I, I think so. <laughs> I think I would agree. Yeah, and she, you know, she's very, she's extremely loving and and warm and encouraging. Um, yeah. and now, now I guess I'm the, the evil asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you see, speaking of that, like what would, you know, are you on TikTok? and if not, why not? And what is, you know, your way to kind of become famous through something like a baby or a pet, you know, cause I've also mm -hmm. seen, you know, the, 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 the Kiesh, the stunt dog on YouTube, who's just a, a Husky who gets treats and shit like that. And they're sending her shit. Like they're, they're sending the ownership. Mm -hmm. And it seems um, to be, uh, you know, it seems to, you know, she does hard work and clipping this shit together. And I don't think the dog minds getting all this free shit. So, so how is Gabe <laughs> Nathan's going to get famous via, uh, you know, TikTok or Instagram or something where people are just going to send you shit? And is it going to yeah. be ethically yeah. right? <laughs> um, well, so I would say I have a very soft presence on TikTok, but I don't really post there too much. Um, and 
you know, the the whole thing is like I think deeply embarrassing to be over the age of I don't know twenty on there. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a Gen Z game for but sure. That's, that's just not good enough, Gabe. I'm not falling for it. Like, I know. No, no, no. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Exploiting something else. So you have to I just find yourself to... somebody who's under twenty and exploit the fuck out of them. Like, is there anything <laughs> in your life like a goldfish oh, or it's a like pet? Some, yeah, 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 yeah. That we okay. can use. Okay. Let's see. What could I do that would get me? Yeah, as your manager, we need something. I mean, I feel like it's honestly just like, it's just like anything that's like very dumb and specific. I don't know. Like if I started, I don't know, like filming like the way that I wash dishes every day. And like that was like the whole thing. And like (laughs) there were little songs and it was like dish count for the day. or Like it used to pick something kind of inane and specific and like commit yourself to it very hard. I kind of feel yeah, and you could do that because you have the songs. And so I are you worried that would bo- box you in? Like if you do Instagram Reels or streams, or whatever the fuck it's called, and, you know, it's not a Gen Z game, and you're like, okay, you know, I want to do the dishes thing where I'm creating songs <laughs> for them to do during the dishes. Like, mm-hmm. are you worried that it would box you in? Even though it would kind of give you a bigger platform, you'd be the, the dish song guy? Yeah, I guess. Am I worried it would box me in? Um, maybe. I guess I'm I'm kind of worried it's, it's just I would – I would feel like I was pandering the whole time. Maybe it's my worry, like <laughs> that I was like making this calculated move to like do what I think it takes to get famous on TikTok, um, and maybe like These not. This song, but I, I feel like I'm funny. pandering. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> so it's 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 layered, and uh, I mean, probably my takeaway from this is probably I just need to think about all of this less and just <laughs> write just write a a dang song about scrubbing bowls and yeah you need to think about it more happens yeah you really need to fucking work on it because it looks like i see i'm seeing one of your pictures here you have um you know you you have a home studio it looks like and maybe you're on it now and you have a keyboard thing that also has a monitor above it like you are really well equipped to exploit whatever nook you find but i'm you know are you gonna rope in collaborators you know are you gonna bring in yotam or Paige smith hogan are you gonna be able to bring these people on when it comes to finding that niche and exploiting it ruthlessly yeah, I, w- I would love to bring um, on more collaborators. I uh, yeah, we've uh, we've talked about in the Jewish sketch group um, recording this like musical sketch idea that we've had, um, which is uh, I don't know if you're ever familiar with like the way that people chant Torah. It's like this sort of specific <laughs> like melodic pattern and these Dude, weird. The ch- I want to hear the chant, man. Okay, uh, it's it. All right, this is. Uh... <laughs> Let me see if I can do this justice. It's I mean, it's kind of like this, and it's like going up and down, and it's it's like very it's very sort of uh, it's kind of yes. not, almost melodies, but not quite. Anyway, the whole joke is that we like sing pop songs in okay. that uh, thing oh, called trope, and it'll just I be a quick it. quick montage of a lot of those. So I don't want anyone to steal this idea now, but uh, <laughs> we've been talking about making this for a little while. Yeah, you have um, to do it. For- do it first before it gets stolen because I love yeah, that idea because then you no, could, you could do one per pop song like if yeah. wet a- wet ass pussy comes on and this you have to do that joked about yesterday was <laughs> <doing> <laughs> <wet> ass pussy? yeah <laughs> but it's already too late you know I mean you really that, have that to moment has passed yeah yeah yeah, yeah how gotta, do you get, get the inst- like the infrastructure you know yeah the infrastructure has to be established so that you can strike while the while the iron's hot so mm-hmm. that the next wet ass pussy or the next pop the next song moment of popular culture has to be ready to be exploited immediately. Yeah. And so no, I how, think about do, this do you set up like a Slack group or a writing, a kind of a constant writing group where these people are all on call? Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't crossed this bridge with like collaborators, but I do think about like being, having to be ready to like, you know, 
do the parody of the the news that just dropped that day like immediately. Um, I did a, I did a thing like a Kanye joke after after he announced he was running for president. But like even I was like a little too late. I think people still <laughs> liked it, but like I should have been on it like three days early here <laughs> um and, and how do you do that you really can't give it i would almost think that this would conflict you know striking the iron while it's hot would conflict with the gabe nathan's way right sleep, yes, yes, absolutely nathan's that's way. a huge that's a huge tension yes I how do you tweak that gabe nathan's policy to make sure that you're not missing a moment I mean, I think you can apply the fresh ears, fresh eyes thing on like a micro scale of like even when you're just working on something like in a given day, instead of like doing two hours straight, like you do like a burst of, I don't know, 15 minutes, just throw out all the possible ideas, yeah. very rough, shelve it for like half an hour, go on a walk yes. and then come back. You can yeah. apply it on a smaller scale for sure, yeah. but it's, it's, it's harder for sure. It. Yeah, it doesn't have to be sleep on it. And, and no. then, you know, you know, people say to separate the writing brain and the editing brain anyway. Mm-hmm. So going for a walk oh. and coming back 15 and then fucking ruthlessly exploiting it, like making sure it's getting, you know, especially if you have a group of people with collaborators, you all can, you know, share it on social and it mm-hmm. just kind of becomes an echo chamber of just, uh, you know, constant promotion. Yeah. Just retweeting till your thumbs bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, yes, yes, Gabe Nathan's. Yeah, we, we love we to see first 10 different times. people post the same <laughs> thing <laughs> in the span of half an hour. We enjoy this. <laughs> I mean, but it sounds like no, you're, you're right. It is. Yeah. Well, got... I mean, but you also you, you, you say that, you know, you don't want to feel like you're pandering. So it sounds like your ethical, you know, sound card in your body is pretty uh, robust and you want to uh, I don't know, have some integrity, some artistic integrity, I guess. And so does that conflict with the whole retweeting, retweeting things until your hands bleed? Oh, yeah. No, I, this is another I think big tension is like between, yeah, like self-promotion. And I think I have. My instinct is to say nothing and like let my work speak for itself or whatever, which is obviously like a myth when you're a, you know, up and coming comedian with like less than a thousand followers. Doesn't happen. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'd say constantly pushing myself to like self-promote more and uh, have fewer qualms about like pushing my stuff out there. But uh, it's tough. It's it's definitely not in my nature, but I'm sort of I'm working on it. Yeah, because it's like we want to, you know, by coming on Cop with Comic, it's like you are reaching out to me and my listeners. And yeah. I just got on, on, De- on Deezer, and Deezer is, I guess, based in France. So on the first day it was on Deezer, this podcast platform, like hundreds of hits all from fucking France. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the fuck? Did I, I had no idea that by listing on Deezer I'd get all these French listeners. Or maybe People it just in- appears like there's French listeners because that's how the company, I don't know, um, yeah. records the podcast listens. But by coming on, you know, Cop with Comic, it's like, you know, you're exposed to your you're exposed you're like giving me the gift of gabe nathan's and you're exposing me to things and so i think that you know you retweeting things 10 times you know might annoy certain followers you know certain of your loyal fans but then again it might be an opportunity for them to spread like the minute they like it it then shows up in their feed as having liked your shit mm-hmm. so it's like you, yep. you almost have to think about the 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 crowd beyond the crowd that you already have like you have the loyal yeah. listeners and you have to get the friends of loyal listeners now. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, um, yeah no, I uh, I feel like once every couple of months I sit down and I'm like, all right, time to get serious <laughs> about like understanding the algorithm and promoting my stuff and it's going to be great. And then it, it, it tends to fizzle. But yeah. I think every time I come back, I'm a little stronger. So I, it's, it's maybe yeah. incremental progress. And you know who you need to call? You need to call that dad's uh, friend, tech friend. 
Yes. Because she'll know she'll Tommy know the algorithm, like, oh, right? Well definitely know the algorithms. Yeah. And she <laughs> she'll yeah, she'll push me to <laughs> I don't know, make <laughs> make extra accounts or something like that. Yeah, it's like you're the one who encouraged comedy lady. At least teach me the fucking algorithm. Yeah, give me give me your tech knowledge. Give me the take me into the back end. Take me into uh, the did hood. You just, me... Did you just abbreviate technology with tech knowledge? Uh no, I was just oh, saying okay. tech knowledge, but I tech, oh technology. You I thought I just that dropped the Y? For, yeah. I oh, just I cut the it. Y at the end. Great job. Yeah, yeah. I think tech knowledge as the um Techno- Oh, that's a perfect <laughs> it's abbreviation. It's one of the most <laughs> instead of, because it's like I don't really take off the Y. I took technology and made it technology. I love that. Well see the, this is the kind of thing I can expect because Gabe Nathan's is a toilet brush inventor. And we <laughs> we we find that on Instagram at Gabe Nathan's and Twitter at Gabe Nathan's. You know, I'm so I'm looking forward to you and God's sketch because yo Tom Tubal and um you know Paige Smith Hogan, these are some money funny motherfuckers. So I know yeah. that you and Darian Lusk, like you guys are coming with musical comedy and I'm so glad you came on. Nate the Gabe Nathan's, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.